Greetings. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. Our special guest is Rachman Sharif. Rachman is a native of East Lansing, Michigan and a current resident of Detroit, Michigan. By trade, he is a business and community services professional and by faith a Muslim. Faith, knowledge, self-determination and self-motivation to overcome the obstacles that life can throw your way are principles that Rachman has embraced and grown into. He has had the unique experience of becoming a father at the young age of 17 while he was in high school and married for the first time at the age of 19. Throughout his upbringing, he disliked ac academics, but enjoyed playing sports, practicing martial arts, and performing theater. While in high school, his dream of becoming a theatrical actor took a backseat to the reality of becoming a father. Coming out of high school, Rockman was fully introduced to the religion of Islam as a young adult. Through the wisdom and training that he received through accepting and practicing Islam, Rachman began to grow tremendously in intelligence, discipline, and manhood training. This process helped him to develop a strong fortitude for the trials and life lessons he would encounter. From being a young parent, marrying early in life, then divorced, and then remarried again, while working two jobs and completing college degrees. Rachman knows a lot about life's joys and pains. Today, Rachman is proud of what Allah and his religion of Islam has done for his life, helping him to eventually complete multiple degrees, including a Master of Business Administration and a postgraduate certificate. Rachman has had careers as a, as a public relations professional, a social worker, and currently as a business and nonprofit executive. Rachman is proud to have helped raise two adult children, now in their 20s, and four more children, ages 8, 12, 14, and 17, that he is raising with his wife, Tamora, of 22 years. Rockman is also very joyous and proud of their sixth grandbaby that was just born last month, August 2021. Rockman often and humbly states, all praise is due to Allah for intervening in my life through his teachings and mercy. So from Detroit, Michigan, Rockman Sharif, how you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for your time. We've been trying to get this one nailed down and things have been, our, our schedules have just been mixed matched. But here we are. We finally got it. Yes. Yes. I'm very uh, happy to be here. I feel very honored that you would have me on your show. And it's good to see you, man, after all these years. Good to see you. Good to see you doing well for yourself. And you got a family. So that's uh, it's commendable, brother. Thank you, Rockman, because. OK, so Ro I'm going to give I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some some context to that. Rockman and I are actually the same age, grew up in the same city in Michigan, and graduated the same year of high school. And here we are now, 46. Yeah? Yes, sir. All right, same here. <laughs> and uh, I could not get his, you know, I, I just kept thinking about his name and, and uh, things that I've seen on all kinds of different platforms. And I was like, you know what, I got I to gotta, I gotta connect with Rockman. And... Here I am doing it. And you accepted, man. And that's what was really cool. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. <laughs> so, hey, man. Yep. Eight or 17, rather. That's, I mean, I know there are other kids in our high school that had kids in, well, they're teenagers too. But that's intense yep. because having a child, period, is intense. And having it when you're 17 is wow. Yeah. Absolutely. And we touched on, you know, you, the things you had to give up in terms of your dream, like a dream of becoming a, a theatrical actor and pursuing that yeah. after high school and totally changed. 
So a lot of, I, I would say, I want to say a lot. I don't want to, cause I don't know, but obviously there are a lot of males across all demographics that, mm-hmm. that run straight into fear when they have a situation like that. And sure. that you typically, I think uh, many of them in some way, shape or form run away from the responsibility of it. And yes, having spoken with you a few times before we did this, I completely understand that you ran into the responsibility instead of running away from it. And in the process of that, you became more of a man of faith. So yes. let's, let's start with that. Let's start with 17 East Lansing High School, Michigan, East Lansing, Michigan. Yes. Let's start there, man. I mean, that, I mean, I can't, I can't even, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll stop. Go ahead, Robin. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, I'm um, going back down memory lane. Uh, during that time, yeah, I was 17 years old. Um, you know, when I got the news from my, she's now my ex-wife, but, um, you know, we were both teenagers. She was actually even younger than I was. Um, she was uh, three years younger than me. Um, so I, you know, gotten that that news and I, I didn't want to believe it. It's, uh, you know, I guess it's kind of part of being, being young and naive and uh, just a little just out of touch with reality. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think that I could have a child at, at, at that age. And um, despite, you know, everything we learned in school and what, uh, you know, parents may have taught us uh, that, that was a big surprise. And boy, as, as a young person, one of the most scariest moments of my life was, having to tell my mother that uh, I was going to be a father and she was about to be a, a grandmother at her very young age. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, to grandmother, you know? Yeah, no, no, so, I, I, I can completely <laughs> understand. Yeah, so that, it was definitely a uh, eye-opening experience, a life-changing experience. Um, you know, once I, and I, and I, to be honest, uh, when I got, had gotten the news, I did not, uh, I didn't believe her. I didn't want to believe her. And uh, so then she she brought me to the paperwork and she went to a, a clinic and test. So there it was. Um, so I, I, I had to accept it. I eventually, you know, got the nerve to, to let my mother know she was not was not happy with me. But I'm very fortunate that her and my father are very loving parents. And uh, they they end up looking out for me. They they, you know. My mother especially reiterated her um, expectations with me that you know I'm gonna be a have to be a responsible man. I gotta I gotta totally step up now because now it's not just me. I'm not just a student. I may be a teen. I may have been a teenager, but now I'm I'm I've helped to bring another life, another life that was gonna come into birth. So I remember um, I I was I went out again for wrestling that year, and. Um, yeah, I did. Or I was. I think I was. I was gonna go out for wrestling. Maybe I started. Maybe like the first week, and then I got the news, and I had told um, one of our coaches that, you know, fortunately I was not gonna be able to to um, you know participate that season because I'm expecting a child. I went and got a job uh, working at McDonald's on the uh, weekends. I uh, have to open, and I was most of the time, most of that time, cooking on a hot grill. Uh, you know, some rough work, not what a young teenager wanted to do, you know, get up at 
six or seven in the morning to go, you know, at Mickey D's. But um, I did Weekends, what I had to do. Money. <laughs> right? I, I get it. I get it, man. And, and that's what's impressive. That's when I'm like, wow, man, that's really impressive. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I really didn't see it as any other option. I mean, I was shocked and quite honestly, uh, you know, afraid of the unknown because, you know, I hadn't even finished high school yet. You know, never lived out on my own before either. And like I said, I was very fortunate uh, that my that my parents um, supported me and actually allowed uh, me and my uh, now ex-wife to, to live with them uh, once once our child was born. So I was very, uh, yeah, very, very grateful to them. So pretty much for about a year and a half, I, I lived with my parents. Uh, my Actually, my mother and father ended up getting divorced shortly after I graduated from high school. So I continued living with my mother for about the next year, myself, my ex-wife, and uh, my firstborn uh, child, son, uh, his name is Jawanza. And um, so, we were able to focus on, I mean, my then ex-wife, she was still a student, you know, in, in, in school, uh, three, three years younger than, than I was. So I was, um, you know, I was juggling school and work. And even after I graduated from high school, I continued to go to, I, I attended um, Lansing Community College. And um, I was going to school at that time, full-time and, and uh, working. I had a couple little part-time jobs. But I'm so grateful that at least for that initial year and a half, I wasn't having to worry about, you know, getting introduced to paying rent and buying my own food and, you know, paying utility bills. You know, it was uh, we're, we're very fortunate because not all young people that are in that situation have that luxury. Some, you know, some parents may kick them out on the street or, you know, there's some young people that really don't have much of, of parents, you know. They might be addicts or, you know, have uh, other issues going on and uh, where they have to. One, one thing I can tell you, um, and I, I'm not sure what age you had your first child, but with me, I have my first child at 17. It it forced me to grow up, try to grow up quickly. You know, as you know, just when we hit the magic number 18, doesn't mean we're the most mature of people when got all our Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Okay, so I was trying to get it together at the time. <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's so strong family support, strong family support, strong family support. And yes. in the in the bio that I read that you sent me, you also went into faith. Yes. And what was that like? I mean, you were a teenager and you're, and you're, you're then girlfriend, you're, you're, you're two years away from getting married, right? You're 17. So you got married at 19. Yep. How did, I mean, when you go to your place of worship, how did that go? You know what I mean? And that's usually. Yeah. yeah I got introduced to, uh, to, I, I should say fully introduced to, to my faith as an, as a young adult, um, right after high school. Um, I had been attracted actually to, um, I was I was actually uh, born into the religion of Islam. Uh, my my mother and father were were um, practicing Muslims for um, you know maybe my 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 younger uh, from infant to like toddler years. Uh, they really practiced the, the, the faith, and um, 
So, and I'm sorry, it's kind of been a long day. I almost lost, I think I lost my thought for a second. Okay. <laughs> okay, you asked me about faith here. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I've got to get my mind back to, I want to, you know, kind of present to you gen, genuinely uh, how, how things transpired for me. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, oh, I was saying that um, I started getting con reconnected back with Islam uh, in my high school years. Uh, some uh, really big changing moments for me at that time was uh, for one of our, one of my English classes, we had to read the autobiography of Malcolm X. And I was very fascinated with that, with that book and his story. Um, it, it blew my mind. I didn't even know until reading the book that he, uh, part of his life, he, he grew up right where we grew up in the uh, Lansing, Michigan area. And, um, and just to hear a story, I, you know, had a very troubled young life. Uh, his, his family was harassed by uh, a Klan organization in the area. His father was. Oh, you cut out for a second there. New York City and got involved oh, hey, in life hey, Rockman, crime. Rockman, there's and a then pause. had a complete. Hey, there was a pause there. Three, six, you know, one, 180 turn away from. Oh, we're having some technical difficulty here. All right, Rockman, we had some technical difficulty. Last thing we heard you say was uh, you were talking about reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, and now uh, his father was murdered. And yeah. oh, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was really moved by by his story. Um, you know, very sad events. You know, I had a, a big family, and unfortunately, ended up getting split apart, going in the foster care system, and then he um, eventually ended up going out east to uh, New York City where he got involved in, you know, life, street life, life of crime, uh, pimping, hustling, uh, stealing, he ended up getting locked, locked up for um, uh, being involved in, you know, in a burglary ring. And as it kind of uh, illustrated in the movie, another thing they were not uh, uh, happy with was the fact that uh, him and his partner, um, they, you know, they ran and did their thing. Uh, they had uh, white women companions so he felt they got the, you know, the time, the, the time frame that, matters. The time era, yeah. the time era definitely matters on that. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, uh, and I was really, really moved, uh, to learn on how he, uh, got into his, his personation. He ended up getting a, uh, uh, having a, uh, letters were written to him by his, by his brother. Okay. Uh, prison and he was telling them about uh the teachings of islam from the honorable elijah muhammad and uh just learning all kind of kind of things that he that he was raised and taught about that were that were not true about black people and uh what our potential is and he just grew he i was just blown away you know i said the man uh read every single book in the uh in the prison library including the dictionary and uh you know his, his life was transformed by, by accepting the, the teachings of Islam. And when he came out, when he was released out of prison, you know, in the nation of Islam, they gave opportunity to do what uh, probably no other organization or company would be willing to do. And, you know, even to this day, 
uh, people who unfortunately have a past that's tied to being incarcerated. Um, the society is not very forgiving of them and they are find it very hard to, to find, you know, employment in the job market. Yeah. But uh, Malcolm X, um, his, his brothers accepted him in Islam and I uh, became a, a, a great minister and uh, spokesperson uh, for the Nation of Islam. He's one of the most famous Muslims that's, you know, that's ever lived <laughs> yeah. as a result of his experience and, and his hard work and, and dedication and uh, turned turn his life over uh, to Allah and Islam. So I was really moved by that when I was in high school. I was also very moved by, um, this was in uh, 1992, um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he, he came to East Lansing, Michigan and spoke at the MSU Auditorium. And uh, he gave a speech there. It was probably about, say, at least three hours long. It just, the things the minister was saying, it, it, it blew my mind. It was it was very profound. I ended up uh, hunting down the uh, videotape of it some weeks later after it was over, and I would watch it from time to time. And this was while I was in still in high school. And I, at the time of hearing this great man, uh, Minister Farrakhan, you know, I kind of had a um, I don't know what the word is. I kind of had a vision in my mind that yeah, maybe one day I think I may want to, you know, be with this man, help this help this man. And his mission and his work that he's doing, because I, 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 I had to attest that everything that he was saying, I believe, was was the truth, and it resonated inside of me. And so when I got out of uh, graduated from high school, um, I was working somewhere. I think I was working for like Lansing Parks and Recreation. I was like a, a youth counselor for like day camps. And there was a um, there was a young lady I worked with, and she used to go attend uh, the uh, meetings. Uh, in the um, Lance and study group that we had there. And uh, I started attending the meetings and I just fell in love. Like I, I went to that first meeting. I I didn't, couldn't say I understood everything, but I, I liked what I heard just like when I heard Minister Farrakhan and I kept going. I, I never stopped going. And eventually for a while, for some months, I just was, you know, still a visitor spectator. And then one of my uh, great mentors one day he just kind of <laughs> talked talk to me and was like, you know, you've been you've been coming for all this time. You know, it's I think it's time you, you do yourself a service. And if this is something you believe, if you believe it's it's the truth and good for your life, you know, it's time to, to dive in so that you can get all of the uh, the benefits that you can get from from being a, a believer and all the good things that can come to your life as a result of it. So I, I, I fell in love with uh, Islam the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is very needed for me as, as a young black man. Um, most of the believers I talk with, we, we all have a story and a lot of our story uh, ends up or progresses from, you know, being someone who didn't think too high of ourselves, you know, the society. And, you know, we have to be honest, we, we live in a uh, predominantly, you know, Caucasian run society. Um, Black is not oftentimes promoted uh, in, a, in a good light, you know, too often. Um, and it's not just, the, the, you know, black people, you know, other ethnicities as well. But, um, you know, the, the stereotypes, the and then it's, you know, they kind of covered some of this, illustrated some of this in the Malcolm X movie about how everything white is, uh, you know, equated to, you know, 
holy and good and the black is, you know, I mean, if we even look at terms that are still used today, you know, a lot of terms that, you know, talking about um, trying to leverage somebody and to hurt somebody, you know, and they call it blackmail, you know, all these different names, you know, black is, has a, has a bad connotation to it, unfortunately. And the, um, I remember, the, I remember the, the film, I remember the, the Spike Lee movie <clears throat> because I thought it was a fantastic film it, that I did not read the autobiography, but the film, I, I still own the DVD. I still own the DVD. <laughs> I still own it. <laughs> it. It was a powerful film. And I do recall the, the part of the film that's based on his autobiography that you're talking about. And, and that was while he was still in prison, he was, he was doing all this reading. Like you said, he was doing all this reading and communication and, and changing. He was literally changing there. So I'm yes. sorry. So go ahead, please. I didn't mean to interrupt. I apologize. Oh, yeah, not 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 a problem. It's a conversation. Definitely, you know, two way street. I always get my... weird about it whenever I interrupt, though, man. I was I always like, oh wait, this is the guest. I shouldn't be, you know. So I always feel somewhat weird about it sometimes. But my apologies, Rockman. Go ahead. There's no it's no problem. Like I said, it's your show, and whatever direction you want to want to talk in, that's fine. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying, you know reliving in my mind my, my own personal uh journey in history and uh yeah so those were um th those were some some great times for me eye-opening great for my my mind i feel like I, I i grew immensely uh from the time i started you know studying islam and a, a testimony of that you know like i had uh, put in the bio you know when i was a young man in um was like starting from elementary i was pretty good with, with school i felt like i had it good grip on it. Got in the middle school, sixth grade was all right, started teetering. And then by the time I got to seventh grade, I was really not liking school. I, I just didn't like it as a whole other than, the, you know, my, my friends and the sports. I, I was not feeling that academics. And I started, um, I guess, having some bad self-esteem about myself because um, things got more challenging. And because I had not really learned yet at that time, uh, how, how to, how to, more disciplined and effective student, I was kind of, to an extent, shrugging school off. Like, nah, it's not. It's not really for me. It's for the for the for the you know smart kids. You know, we as you as you recall, you know, East Lansing School District. Even though we had some people of color, we were definitely the in the minority. So my my mentality was, oh, you know, saving for the smart kids, white kids, you know. For that and i guess i'll just focus my mind here on 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 sports and things i like to do you know? i was <laughs> so. doing the same thing rockman i did not i did not perform well in my k through 12 school i mean i did i did perform but yeah me too i, but, I was not motivated or inspired to do it you know what i mean it just yeah. it, it wasn't there it wasn't it, there it, I got into college and there it's been since then it's been yeah like lifelong learning as they say it's and then you know, it's a different, you know, I can't go back and change it, you know, but sometimes as I'm raising my kids, I'm like thinking, and I'm telling them, you guys, they're like, they'll say something. And I'm like, they'll say something like, uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be stronger than you, daddy. And I'm like, yeah, you are. You are going to be better <laughs> than me. That's the idea yeah. bro, that you are going to be better. Yeah. And it's weird because when I say that to him, it almost surprises them. You know what I mean? And I'm like, why is that surprise? And it's like, that's just strange. 
but going back and, I, and i'm tying this back into like to what you were saying about how you were uh not inspired or motivated in academics from middle school onward and it's interesting because i was like wow i mean i'm sure i i, I must have thought the same thing it's like fathers are with sons will model themselves after most likely right i mean that that is that is there a father figure of some type and uh it's 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 an amazing it's almost like a switch but it's it's something it's not something you can just flick automatically but to go from <laughs> where you you were just talking about and what we what i experienced i'm sure what many other people experience where they're just like not motivated by school and then you're telling us like the, the parents was if the concept of saying well you know what you you are you are really good you are really smart and you are going to be better than me and not like a threatening but like no like the parents saying no really right i believe in you yes that's it right son daughter i believe in you and you're going to be better than me so don't copy my garbage copy the good stuff because you're going to be better than me and that's that's just you know my oldest son is 10 and and right around that age right so he's, and that's why this is fresh on my mind as you said that i was like wow it's just an amazing thing somehow we just think this i mean we don't just think it it's it's a culmination of things like what you just ex- described that, that that fire for for not wanting to learn academically went out i'd say way too early for for me for you for me and for a lot of kids good thing is that it doesn't it doesn't have to stay out but it is also something that that can be very subtle, right? It's just all of a sudden it's there and all of a sudden you're just like, I don't want to do this. And you, and you know what I mean? It's, it's a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of, um, one thing I found when I was in, you know, go, going to school, you know, one of, the, one of the issues I think that I had was in particular about, in regards to like learning, learning history, learning about your own, uh, your own racial group's history. We did not, um, there's not enough of that taught in school as far as people of color are concerned. Uh, so I ended up, when I was in high school, um, I started having a yearning to want to learn more about my history. And I had a, a, a great mentor uh, b- before I came to Islam. Um, He's a family friend of ours. Um, some people in the community knew him as uh, Jethro Harris, but he ended up uh, changing his name to uh, Salif Kafaju. And uh, this uh, dear brother, uh, it was myself and uh, a few of my other black friends. We we wanted to you know learn more about our history. And uh, dear brother Salif, he uh, passed away a few years ago. And God be pleased with him. But he was so kind. Him and his wife, and he was a um, he was really a black historian. He had books upon books in his house, and he was a, he was a very good speaker. And so he started a group for us. It was uh, called we, it was called um, Simba Scholars. Um, he one of his uh, he was also an artist, and uh, so he would um, so he he had a lot of artwork with dealing with like lions and that type of thing. It was this was before Lion King. Okay, you know? and it's called Simba. It, we called us uh, uh, Simba Scholars, and um, so we would get together uh, on usually on weekends, like on a Saturday. And he would teach us aspects about our history. And I was so inspired. He was a great role model for me because he was a very smart man. He was, 
uh, college educated. As a matter of fact, he went on to be a, uh, end up being a college professor and a principal uh, at one of the uh, local schools in the area, one of the uh, charter schools. But he would uh, he was so good at uh, breaking down the history. We started feeling like pride within ourselves. This was something we were not getting in the schools. And um, I had an experience. It was it gave me a high and a low. He helped me out on a couple of projects I had. And um, I think they were all in, in uh, a couple of history classes that I had. And he, you know, gave me the information that I needed to study and kind of gave me some guidance on how to do the project. And this was during a time, by the time I got to high school, I was getting some pretty bad grades, man. <laughs> so when I, <laughs> when he, you know, took it upon himself to help me out with this project, I mean, I had an outstanding project. And uh, at that time I was, you know, I, I, some people might, unless they've known me for a while, um, might not know, I used to be a pretty shy person um, until I uh, got involved with, with theater and I learned another aspect of uh, what I could do. <laughs> yeah. So even though I you know, would be a little nervous doing the presentation, I felt good by what uh, Salif had, had given to me. And, uh, and then the disappointing part in it came when it came time for the grade, you know, I'm used to getting all these bad grades and I, there was, uh, I think on both occasions, it was the same teacher. I'm not going to call the name, but one of, one of the teachers in our, our, that taught one of our history classes, I always felt even to this day that she uh, snagged me on my, on my, on my grade on those projects. And that like, I felt like, you know, that was like a high for me. Like I'm, I'm finally doing well, I'm doing well on this project. And then for one, and it was really for kind of small things in the project that might've not have been there, but I still felt my project deserved at least an A or an A minus at, at, at the least. And I even had Salif came into the class one time and talk about um, how there were actually, there, there's evidence that there were actually black Africans who had come to this country uh, before the pilgrims had come over here. And uh, I just kind of felt, you know, a, a bit, um, a bit raw in my grade. And it was kind of discouraging for me. And, you know, at my thinking at that time, I'm thinking like, see, you try to, you know, go all out and put your hard work effort in it. And this, this is what they do to you, you know? <laughs> and I don't, I don't know necessarily all her reasoning. Maybe, you know, I'm sure if I had a conversation with her these years later, I, she probably wouldn't even remember it. But, you know, I felt very strongly that I, I, I deserved an A. And I felt like, you know, I kind of felt that it was, that it was uh, you know, a racist action, quite honestly. You know, like I can't get to, I, I'm not worthy to get, to get the best grade. This man is a scholar, spent all this time with me. We made sure we had everything that we that we needed and you you won't you won't give me the top grade. So I went through uh, some of that in high school and even went through some of it in college. Uh, after I found Islam, I ended up doing a, a few different projects about that. And you know, there's some people they don't they don't they don't like or appreciate who you are and can't be objective and because maybe they feel offended by some things, they rob you of the grade. So, but I, I learned that unfortunately in our society is um, the way a lot of the world goes. So, but I, I was able to, you know, bounce back from that learning lessons. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's a lot of my experience from, from high school, you know. Man, that's something that I think every, in some way, shape or form, something everybody runs into. As soon as, yeah. they, as, soon as they point their feet in a direction that's going to, improve themselves there's some resistance in this life that comes to try to stop you yes there yes that's a universal principle i believe there's 
you know, we really can't get to the great things or be where we want to be in life without going through some struggle. Absolutely. So it, in the end, it can help make us better, you know. But it can suck along the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially, I mean, you know, when you're in that. <laughs> like you said, just like, man, we we got this paper down. It should be it should be a quality. I mean, it's a quality paper. Let's let's see the grade that it produces and, and that kind of stuff. So wait, so you were this during this was during your senior year of high school? Or uh, earlier? Um uh having the the uh meetings with the yeah. symbol scout. Yeah. yeah, yep. So this, this was, is so this is all part of you running into responsibility and seeking ways to improve and to to in, improve yourself. Yes, and one of the more about my news about your your you and your girlfriend's first child. Yes. So I wanted to go back because there was something. So the when you were when you were first doing the uh, introduction to Islam, or not the introduction, but when when that gentleman asked you, he's like, "Hey, you could why don't you benefit yourself and 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 become a Muslim?" Is that what it was, or was you were already a Muslim before that? I, I was by 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 family. Like I said, I was, okay, I was born. But, um, but not an individual decision for yourself. Right. And not something that um, I, I really didn't, you know, after some years, after my formative years, uh, my parents kind of got away from, um, you know, really teaching a lot about it. There was a lot about it that, that I didn't know. That's why when I was reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, so much of it I was not familiar with. And, uh, you know, one of the most profound things in that autobiography, you know, thoughts are coming back to my mind about the time. Out of the whole book, I mean, there were many things that I read that blew my mind, but the one thing that really fascinated me in that autobiography of Malcolm X book, it was only like a couple sentences long when he was talking about the the, the origin and the, and the founder of the Nation of Islam in America. He said that, that God came to Black people to, to teach Black people to raise them up from the conditions that slavery had put on us and that he that he was here to, to, to save us and and bring us, put us in heaven while we live um, as, as a result of that, of that suffering. That, uh, that was, and, you know, that small part there, it, it talked about, it's talking about um, uh, Master Farad Muhammad, our founder of the Nation of Islam. And we believe that Allah came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. And when I read that, uh, you know, those short sentences, but the book really didn't go further into that, I'm like, wait a minute here, you're just saying that God came? So I was like, I never forgot about that. And then when the, the, the more I started to learn, uh, when I when I started going to the to the local meetings, that's the that part of me started to grow. My knowledge of that grew. And it was just fascinating for me. Because uh, I think pretty much any 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 person that considers himself to be a spiritual person has questions about God, you know, throughout, throughout their life that you have a yearning for God, you know, many, many faiths are, are known for saying, you know, that God is, God is, is, is the father. So I don't like a child. One, uh, as a matter of fact, in our book, it's called a message to the black man in America. Um, in one of the first chapters, you know, it talks about the, um, the, the, the concept of God and people's misconceptions of God. And he said, the question, who is God, is one of the most important questions one could ask. He said, it's like a, a child growing up that, that didn't have his father in his life. 
but he want, he's, he's wondering about his father and who his father is. He kind of made that parallel. So that was that was a, a, a big um, that was a big point in, in the book that uh, kind of drew me in and eventually I, I yearned and want to learn more about that and I got that opportunity uh, once I actually joined the Nation of Islam. So you were growing in your faith and they knew that you were 17 years old and about to have uh, your first child with your girlfriend. Yes. And actually by the time- You know what I mean? How did that go, right? (laughs) Well, really the the time frame of the event. So I was still like, uh, you know, studying and I got my tape of Minister Farrakhan. I would watch it. Um, I hadn't uh, gone to the meetings yet while I was still in high school. I didn't go until the summer of my graduation. Okay. That's when when it was maybe like June or July. Um, that's when, that's when I started attending. And by that time, my son was already born. So eventually I was taking my, my son and my ex-wife, we were going to the, uh, we started going to the meetings and then we eventually joined, uh, later. So you weren't shunned. You were, would you say warmly welcomed? Yes, very, very much so. Very much so. That was another thing that attracted me to it. Um, I, I, I saw other young black men they were involved in it and they were very uh, sharp and, and intelligent and they were very brotherly, you know, um, uh, some of them were, were older than me. And I, I definitely, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to, how to be a parent. I didn't know what really, what being a man was about. And I learned that through my experience, through uh, dealing with my, with my, the brothers, my brotherhood. Um, I got, well, that's, that's one of the, the things that we're taught in the nation of Islam. We're given uh, man, manhood training. And uh, it's, it was really a blessing for me to have because, you know, we grow up, you know, when we go K through 12, there's no classes on how to be a parent. Yeah. <laughs> there's not, even when you get out of it, I don't think there's really, maybe they might have some college courses that deal with parenting in some aspect, but, um, you know, there's really no, like, blueprint. Yeah, I was looking for- there's no classes. <laughs> on, there's a lot of, there's some, there's you hear a lot of people saying there should, there's no classes on money or finance or how to, how to how to be an entrepreneur or anything like that. Like how to, how to do something with intellectual property. That's something they should definitely be doing by now. And I think they are though. These, all these crypto coins coming out, these NFT kids are getting, it's like, Oh wow. This yeah. Is, yeah. That's a little weird. Different <laughs> world. Absolutely. So <laughs> they, so you weren't shunned that you were embraced and and you you became deeply more deeply involved with your faith. Yes, yes, I did. And they um, they were uh, like I said, very very brotherly, sisterly. In the local uh, mosque, we weren't weren't in great numbers then. Um, to to actually be a mosque in the city, you have to have a certain amount of numbers. We didn't quite add it. So if you're smaller, it's referred to as a study group. But the brothers and sisters at this study group were very uh, brotherly and sisterly. And um, yeah, gave gave me a lot of what I really needed as, as a young man, role models, uh, learning values in life. I did eventually, you know, once I, I started learning more and it eventually joined, um, you know, it was put on my mind that because we're taught as, as Muslims, we, um, we're, we're taught the proper structure for family is marriage and that we don't, um, you know, that we, that we don't, 
they were not fornicators. So, you know, being that, you know, of course, when my, my son was born, you know, he was a child out of wedlock. He was, uh, you know, but he's, he was our son. And back during that time, I, I really didn't have a concept or understanding of, of you know, that fornication is, is wrong. So I eventually grew and learned into that. And then when I became conscious about it, um, you know, and felt that um, I wanted to, to definitely stay in a relationship and I, I wanted to marry my then ex-wife and for us to raise our, our son together, um, you know, I eventually, uh, eventually we, we did tie the knot and, and got married at a young, very young age. Uh, by the time we got to that, I was 19. She was 16. So, and I had to actually get her, you know, we've been together for a, a few years now through high school. So back during that time, I don't know if the law is still the same, but I actually had to get her, her mother's, she's actually raised by her grandmother as her mother passed away when she was younger. I had to actually get her, her guardian's permission to marry her because she was, you know, underage and, and she gave permission. Uh, she, of course, she wasn't happy, you know, when, when we, when we first had the surprise baby, but, um, you know, she, I think appreciated me and respected it. And so we did get married and, uh, you know, and that was due to, I, I'd never, I, when I was younger, I had maybe had in mind that maybe, maybe by the time I get to maybe like maybe mid, maybe mid thirties or so, I might consider getting married and ha having a child. And um, yeah, my whole life changed by this experience and learning values, learning what, what God is pleased with and what he's not. And I definitely have not, you know, I like many other billions of human beings on the planet. I'm not a, a, a saint or an angel. I've definitely had my shortcomings and my, I have my sins, but always the Muslims were taught to, to strive to do right, you know, Work, work, work hard at it, and where you fall short, ask, ask Allah for forgiveness. And you know, we're taught He's often returning to mercy. So if we, if we're diligent and, and believe in Him and keep trying to do good, um, you know, we we believe that Allah ha will have mercy upon us. And it was two years after that, so you were twenty-one, or were you? So you were nineteen when you were married, and then you were married for four yeah. years after that. I uh, was married for legally for three years, uh, but we actually separated at about a little over uh, two years. Okay. Um, when you, you know, when you're divorcing, it's probably still the same way today. Um, if you're divorced and you have children, and by that time we had two children because my oldest daughter was born, um, the courts take longer. They purposely take longer in the court for you to go through a divorce because so many couples may separate and then like reconcile and then with children being involved, you know, if there's a way that the relationship can work out, I think that's why they kind of push it out there before you can have your final uh, divorce date. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I understand. Give people time to think about it thoroughly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it was a definitely the divorce was a, I know you, we had talked earlier, um, a few times about you told me you have guests on your show sometimes to talk about divorce and the effects they have on it and how religion ties into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that was and that's what's fascinating about I mean, I mean, you ran into responsibility and then unfortunately your first marriage didn't last, but you you didn't lose your faith. And and by the sounds of it, from what I can from what I can understand, your house of worship didn't push you out either. 
No, no, not not at all. Not at all. They were they they were very supportive. They're very supportive. So I'm 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 grateful for that. You know, we're we are taught in Islam that um that Allah actually hates divorce, but he does permit it, you know, under you know, it's it's between it's between the two people and and Allah. But uh you know, Allah, ideally, Allah wants wants us to be able to work it out. But there are sometimes some circumstances that are sometimes just people have two irreconcilable differences that it's it's created more harm than than good or benefit. You know, and marriage shouldn't be uh, a marriage shouldn't involve fighting a lot of time or, you know, uh, to the point where people have contempt for one another. Uh, that that shouldn't that shouldn't exist. So, and that's another another big piece, you know, by me being married at a young age. You know, I was new to pretty much everything. Yeah. Relationships never really that was really the the first serious relationship that I ever had. You know, <laughs> having to have a child and then then get married. But there's at the time there 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 can be a lot more that people can do before they get married to make sure that they are. Um, you know, so best chance. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, 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 I got stuck with it and felt I definitely felt a bit more compelled since I had, you know, have my my uh had a child uh with, with my wife. You know, I wanted to be a family, you know, that became a, a desire, you know, to, to be a family, but we we're both very and um just didn't work out. But did did so did she was she raised Muslim? Was she we raised in Islam or she convert to Islam? With you, or, or uh, a- yeah, convert for with for 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 a brief time, um, and then we we end up getting getting separated. I understand. Yeah, I still think sure. I think it's fantastic that your house of worship didn't push you away. I think that that they helped you. I think that's what there's that's what houses of worship are supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of amazed, uh, but you never know until you hear everybody's story. I remember you were telling me about some some people you've had yeah. conversations and the opposite happened where they when they got uh divorced they their yeah. community disowned them or you know and we i mean i do understand that to an extent because we, we do have um you know rules and uh, regulations in the nation of islam and we do things that are contrary to god's law um we we do have some levels of punishment for that like there's certain offenses you can you know be um What's the term we use? Uh, uh, excommunicated from the community for maybe one or or five years if it's more up to five years if it's more severe or if something is just you know totally outrageous where you like really harm someone or committed a crime you could be you know ex- expelled uh, indefinitely uh, for those things that are that are completely counter against what we you know believe and are trying to practice as Muslims. That's for some things or maybe some persons with such uh, they've got so many problems where they're affecting and really hurting other people. It actually is more harmful to the community to, to, to keep that person in the community if those things are so um, extreme. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, within the nation of Islam, there, there, there's understanding and everything is taken, you know, case by case, you know, uh, someone who is not, you know, spent had much time to, to learn or spend in the community of, of Islam and they do might do something in, in ignorance you know that's you know that's that's considered you know there's 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 leniency there's 
there's forgiveness when you try to coach and help uh, through those situations. It's only the extreme situations where someone, you know, yeah, maybe a a, a, um, a rape or molestation, or you murder someone or commit a serious crime that is, you know, you may, you may be um, expelled depending upon, you know, what, what the offense is. Yeah, I'm following you. So it, it sounds, uh, you're saying that basically they look at everything that somebody wants to bring to them and there is no draconian measure. It's they, they deal with the individual or the individuals and try to help them along the way. Yes, that's, that, that's the whole goal is to try to try to help people. You know, we sometimes we compare the, the mass to be like a, almost like a, a spiritual hospital rehabilitation center where, yeah. you know, where all people have been sick and affected by different things in our life, um, who we are or maybe things that, that have happened to us. A lot of people have had trauma when they when they were young. Um, all those things can come into play and affect how how yeah. someone is how they grow and how they're how they're living in life. And, you know, the Nation of Islam is um, an organization dedicated. Uh, it's an organization we, we, we love humanity and we hate the things that make humanity suffer. But we are in particular um, first uh, dedicated to, to the upliftment of the black and indigenous people in this uh, country and the world. Uh, because we've been the um, unfortunately the the, the most uh, rejected and neglected uh, among people uh, when you really look at at the history and the things that have, that have happened. Um, even though we've paid a, a a big price, you know, helping to uh, build America as we as we know it today. You know, over three hundred years of slavery, free labor, and uh, the native our Native American brothers and sisters and Latino brothers and sisters having their lands taken taken from them and their people murdered. Um, those are you know they 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 still have an effect to this day on our on our people and our culture. They can't just ignore it. And those things have never fully been made right. So in the Nation of Islam, we do the best that, that we can from among ourselves to make things better and right among ourselves. Um, with, with, with the help of Allah. So I can definitely understand that. The, you were asking about, so we were talking about divorce and, uh, and you said there are some things that I, we, from previous conversations, you and I had talked about where we were getting ready for this. And uh, yeah, there's, there's two, there's, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing. And there's, there's two parts in the scripture that, that stand out to me on divorce. One, when, some people ask Jesus about divorce and he, they say, well, Moses said we could just give a certificate of divorce to our wife and, and that would be that. And he says, no, he did. Well, he says he gave, that was given because of the hardness of their hearts and that what God put together, no man should take apart. And I know there's some denominations that look at that and they're just like all, you know, it's unacceptable no matter what. But then you see the story of Jesus and the Syrophoenician, no, no, was it the Syrophoenician? No, she was a Samaritan woman, Samaritan woman at the well. And it's around the time where it's around noon. So it's like, it's not the time you go get to water because it's the hottest part of the day, right? And she, okay. scripture, play, scripture uh, describes it as, you know, she was going, you know, you can kind of infer that, that, uh, She's going there to, to avoid embarrassment, 
to avoid any shame or anything like that, because when Jesus did go there and at, he's at the well, he's conversing with her and he's talking with her. And he just said, and it, it, I don't, I'm not going to go over the whole thing. I don't have it all in front of me, but what it boils down to is he reveals himself to her as the son of God. Cause she can, she, she's picking up by their conversation. She's like, are you some type of prophet? And he's, and then he goes on to, to continue uh, speaking with her. And then he says, uh, go get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And he says, this is the part that, that is very interesting. He's like, you're right. You've had five husbands and the man you're with right now is not your husband. You spoke truly. So with that, with that sentence right there, where, where he says, you have, you've had five husbands and the man you're with right now is not your husband. You spoke truly. He's focusing on the positive in what she said. He's not focusing on the five failures of the marriage mm. and the fact that she's not married to the man she's with right now. Mm -hmm. So those two passages in, in, in the new covenant, I think throw a lot of people into it's either or. Like, I think a lot of people go, it's either this or it's that, but it can't be both. Well, maybe okay. Because and you know what I mean as and I'm and and I've never been divorced so I've never gone through a divorce in a church so I cannot speak to that from personal experience I'm I'm mostly speaking about what I've heard from uh, the pulpit and from conversations with people who were Christians and went through divorces as Christians and um, and that part is always interesting to me um, I think if people are going through divorce it's not what they want. It's, it's not like they're at their, you know, some people, if, if, if people are going, and I'm, I'm not talking about abusive or divorce, right? I'm not talking about physical or mental or sexual abuse at all. I'm not talking about that. That, yeah. that's a hands down decision. There's right. Right. So we're in agreement on that. I'm talking about like, it's the irreconcilable difference that you were talking about, right? That yeah. is not something people want to go through. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It's not something people choose to go through. It's like, yeah, I want to, I want to live with strife and fighting every day of my life from the time that I wake up or mostly, you know what I mean? From the time, yeah. I wake up to the time I go to bed where work is almost a relief and you come home and it's not, there's no peace. Yeah. There's no peace in that at all. If that's your situation. <laughs> right. And yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't make people's decisions for them. And, and this is where, um, I'm really, I'm really glad that your house of worship embraced you and said, you know what? Nobody's perfect. Let's get you on the right track, man. And, uh, so that, that's what, that's what, when it comes to divorce and Christianity, there's a lot of people in the church that are divorced. That's the bottom line. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people in the church that are divorced. Whether or not they're carrying any guilt around with them or not, I don't know. I don't whether or not they're killing, carrying any unforgiveness around with them or not, I don't know. And it's not for me to judge them. But they are people. And and I I I always go back to this one uh scripture from I in Isaiah. He's and he's, he's talking about Jesus and he says, How Jesus will treat people. He says, A bruised reed he will not break. And that's significant. <laughs> that's significant yeah okay man so you are becoming a man quickly 
and a man with two children between the ages of 17 and 21. That's pretty intense, Rockman. That's very intense. Oh, yeah. Your family is supporting you very well. They're, I mean, you've got you've got solid, sound family support, which is critical. That's critical. And you have a house of worship that is not turning you away. Right, right. You go through the divorce and the recovery. What, what oh, how did the, you know what I mean? Like, how did you, because I'm sure that was, I'm sure all of it was hard, man. I mean, you're, you're going through so yeah. much change and so much maturity so fast. And right, then, right. And then it, and then the marriage doesn't last. And the recovery, you know, you either continue to go up or you either continue to go down because of, of the, the strife or there's some, there's some, there's a period of time and, and you decide to point your feet in a different direction. And yeah, I, I'm just from reading your bio, I can tell which direction you point your feet in. But what was that experience like as you're, as you're going through those moments and you're wondering which way to figuratively point your feet, which direction to point your feet in? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, definitely a, a trying time in my life. Uh, one of the most difficult things about it is, you know, when you have children involved and you have a divorce, um, me being, I ended up being not the uh, custodial parent, you know, they stay with their mother the majority of the time. Um, but I did have a, a, a joint uh, as far as uh, visitation with my children, having time with them. I had a roughly like a 40% of the time. We had a, a ongoing consistent schedule from the time we were divorced all the way up until about their teenage years. They started when my children, when my, my oldest two started getting a bit older, they stopped coming around so much. They were a bit more busier. But I also think there was probably an aspect to that because I, I think among uh, the two of us as parents, and if you if you ask my my oldest child, they probably would tell you, yeah, dad was a bit more strict. So <laughs> they want <laughs> they want to they, they still <laughs> love it. It, it was it was very hard, at, especially at first when the divorce first happened. I'm used to being the dad, being with my children each and every day, and then I get divorced, and now. I've got the schedule where I'm only seeing my children. I think the schedule I had was like every Tuesday and Friday, every week, and then every other weekend for the whole weekend. And then I got some weeks during the summer uninterrupted uh, where we just got to do things and definitely had some difficult times. I got introdu introduced to the, um, uh, the child support system, uh, which can be, uh, can be very very hard, especially on a on a young guy who wasn't making a lot of money. Uh, so that's when I started venturing out to to have more than one job, and I did that for quite so many years just to you know pretty much survive. Um, and then I would spend time uh, going back to school and uh, you know getting a degree under my belt and trying to progress um, employment wise, and things you know gradually got got better and better. Um, I ended up uh, remarrying and uh, let's see. So I divorce was done. At right, Rockman, you better get this date right. <laughs> you better get that. Well, right. The date was, oh, I'm not going to get myself in trouble. September, September uh, 8th, 1998. 
Good. So when I hope it's right. I hope it's right. I don't know if it's right or not. <laughs> Oh, wait, tomorrow we'll have to kill me. Right she's in the room looking at you right now? Uh, no, she's not in the room with me right now, but I'm sure okay. she's going to eat. I it right. <laughs> so you remarried in 1998? Yes. Yep. 22, you're going on 22 years now, right? That is correct. Yep. That's amazing, man. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Do I know? That is an easy road all the time, but. It's just been some great things, and you know, then, then when you have the downs, it's, it's not so good. But you know, you stay committed to what to what you've uh, vowed. You know, things can things. I think in most cases can be worked out. Depends on how much people want it. You know, and what they're what they're looking for out of life. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's it's what is your vision for your life, and how much of that vision is based on something that really isn't meant for you and how much of it is really God-given. And, and that's, that's destiny is what I consider destiny, right? It's like everybody yeah. has destiny for sure. And uh, how we walk that destiny out, you know, we're, we're creatures of free agency and we make decisions and that's it. You know, it's pretty, yeah. pretty wild and amazing complex and like 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 in the bio it's like you you know joys and pains and and that's uh that's something everybody's gonna go through and it's encouraging to see you still being a man of faith rockman it is i know i know uh, i don't want to take up i know this is we're doing this after hours and uh rockman is doing this at home i'm at home and I don't want to take too much time away from his family, but I would like to invite you up for a second time sometime in the future where we just talk theology, where we talk what you believe in, in your book and same thing with me. No. I think that'd be really cool. I think, I think that'd be really fun. I, not only that, it, not only be learning, but it would be fun, man. I dig this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dig this stuff, man. Especially, especially good conversations like this because i think too often um you know there's, there's a, a lot of people in the in the world of religions you know there's many different denominations sects and i think too often uh people of faith who have different faiths are, are so into you know what they don't be on or disagree with and and arguing with one another that it's it's at the end of the day it's really not productive because at the end of the day you know what's really the objective and purpose of our faith and what we believe is to, 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 to help one to do good to one another, uplift, uplift others. Um, you know, the, the doing of good, making, making this earth. I, I know in, in, in my faith, our, our ultimate goal is we want, we want to do our part to help create a, a kingdom of, of God, of, of Islam, of, or some people call it a cabin paradise on this earth while we live. You know, we believe this earth is meant to be a, a paradise and a heaven, and it can be um, if we if we're doing better by one another as brothers and sisters in humanity, and not um, succumbing to the the uh, machinations of, of of Satan or Satan. Um, the the world could be could be a better better place. The world could be a, a much better place without the wars, without without racism and injustice and 
all of these terrible things and um, people strung out on, on drugs and all kind of crazy health problems. We got COVID-19 going on, uh, taking a lot, taking a lot of people out uh, who, you know, it just hit everybody by surprise. You know, a lot of, I think pretty much everyone knows something, at least one person that's been affected by it or may have passed away. And, uh, you know, we're definitely in some, in some trying times and definitely I think we as uh, people of faith, you know, we're, we're needed because not everybody, not everyone might, everyone might not have the same resolve that we have about their faith or some, I know that some people that don't, they don't have a faith at all in God. Some people that have such a terrible experience in life that they, they, they may believe that, you know, God doesn't exist or if there's a God that exists, God doesn't care about them. So they basically don't put, put their faith or trust in any, anything, anyone. Um, you know, it's sad to see that despair and hope when we know that things can be better. So, you know, we as um, uh, Muslims in the nation of Islam, we consider it to be a, we're, we're charged with a duty of, of trying to uplift our, our brother and sister who have uh, been ill affected by the things that we see people going through in this society. So that's our work. I dig it. I do. I dig it. It's a good mission, Rockman. It's a good mission. And I, as you were talking about that, I had one more question because this is the oh. question I usually ask everybody. And I realized I did a recording earlier this week and I did not ask this person this question. I should have, but I forgot because I was kind of surprised by the things that he was talking about. And I was like, wow, I haven't heard that before. So, and it wasn't bad. It was pretty cool. So let me ask you this creation. What do you believe about creation? About creation, just in, just in general. Yeah. Is it, is, is all this life, uh, uh, is the result, is this universe and, and every, all the life in it, the result of a series of accidents, you know, is it a fluke or is there an intelligent designer behind it? What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any, um, I mean, the more you study uh, the universe and just the profound, just, just the, the th many things that we may take for granted, but you, when you study and analyze it and see how mathematically and scientifically precise God's universe is, I mean, the, the earth is 93 million miles away from the sun precisely. And we know the sun is a great ball of fire that if we were closer to it, we as, as, as human beings would, uh, you know, we, we'd be in some bad shape. <laughs> and the, the earth spins at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a certain speed, 1,037 and one third mile per hour, which creates the perfect uh, gravity. So we don't flo float away anywhere. And you just look at all of these things. And the, if you just even just study the human body, how the everything works in orchestration with one another, precisely and just right because you know if if, you, if your heart beat and your your breathing and your blood flow, flow is off just a bit you're gonna have problems it's just hard to when you look at these things to just blow them off as a as, as an accident you know don't really don't really uh believe in accidents as a matter of fact um there is a i can't recall the um the the specific number of the um the chapter and verse but in the Holy Quran, uh, Allah says, it said that uh, a, a, a leaf doesn't fall from a tree without the permission of, of Allah. So, uh, you know, we're in a universe filled with, you know, 
trillions of atoms, multiple human beings, animals, and look look how this how this earth and and, and planet works, and we and we're still here. You know, we don't have to think about uh, we don't have to think heart keep beating to to be. You know, this was already created by by the creator and made perfectly so that we could still be here today and depending upon how we how we take care of ourselves and live our life you know can determine whether we have a longer life or a shorter life sometime so it's uh and then he gave us that like you talked about earlier that free will you know so in the in a in a, in a to a to an extent um and, w- and we're actually taught this in in an age of islam that we are you know we we are a, we're a small guy we're you know Many of us refer to God as as our father, but we're 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 a small guy. He get he gives us free will like he has free will, but we come to find out that we can we can ha- enjoy a better and a more abundant life by following in the footsteps that he that he would direct us in instead of, you know, doing our own thing or or rebelling, you know. And sometimes we learn that as people through you know trial and error, <laughs> we, we learn life lessons. Sometimes, well, I, yeah, I, I, I guess I can see the wisdom of God why He says we shouldn't do that or go about things that way does it result i'm getting you know no that's that's cool man i i uh i'm a creationist also i definitely think there's an intelligent designer for all for all the reasons you just said that it's the complexity of this universe and life on it it's super super finely tuned and that's i I just it's hard to see that that's a a fluke or an accident (laughs) yes indeed all right, All right. <laughs> this is Detroit, Michigan's Rockman Sharif. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. Thank you very much for your time, Rockman. Love you all. We'll see you next time. All right, you take care.